0: I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl.
1: I'm really not into dreams anymore. Okay, I'm into nightmares. Raiders, caught touchdown!
0: Raiders. You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your Windbags: R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Super Bowl week. You feeling the energy, Soto? You not feeling that tingle down in your plums? No? Not feeling I, it? I,
2: I haven't That's listened been... to anything. No, normally, I, my, uh, my 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 Sirius XM is set to the NFL network when I get in the car. Uh-huh. Nope. I, I listen to like a couple of sentences and I'm, like, I'm not interested in this. And I just move on. I should be insulted
0: that uh, the guy you're talking to currently has a show on Sirius XM on another channel and you're just like, Yeah, no, it's not set on that one. I don't listen to that cornball. I talked to him enough.
2: I, I got enough of you already.
0: <laughs> you suck my wife. She doesn't listen to in like the twenty Why would she?
2: Years,
0: I think in like like the twenty years I've worked in this industry. I don't think she's read one article, listened to one show. Keep one thing. She's like,
2: I get enough of this asshole at home. You don't talk or write about The Bachelor, uh, about fine dining, about women's shoes. Like you talk about none of the stuff that really interests her. <laughs>
0: uh yeah. And the other part is her husband's doing it, which is the least thing she's she's interested in the least. So she's like, I'm staying. Why would I talk? To, why would I listen to that? Why would I read anything involving that? It's like that I, voice. Uh, hearing that voice, like, no no every year um i was i kind of asked myself like like is the super bowl really that much better of any other game you watch right like okay it's the team that won the afc the team that won the nfc and you're you know the stakes are the highest they're going to be champions i get it is it always the two best teams end up in the super bowl sometimes not all the time you know so you know maybe maybe not right um and so every year I'm like, yeah, Super Bowl's kind of overrated. Like, of course I'm watching. I watch, you know, every playoff game and blah blah blah. I love football. <laughs> but it's always kind of overrated. And then every single year, the hype gets me. The hype gets me every year. The stupid most bullshit storylines that just catch fire only because it's the Super Bowl, I'm all about. Every little bit of like clips that come out of radio row. I'm just like looking it up, I'm just like all pumped on it. It gets me the hype machine get you know how like you get on like instagram there's like influencers and 99% of the time like this is just bullshit but every now and then they get you that's me mm-hmm. every super bowl i've been influenced by super bowl influencers
2: i regularly machine. fall asleep during the
0: super bowl like i i <laughs> you know I mean, cuz well, like
1: i remember our I childhood like play.
0: for a while there were, remember there was like seven super bowls in a row that sucked it was just blow out blow out blow out when we were I'm like- talking about, like,
2: I fell asleep in the Rams-Titans. You know, that was a good Super Bowl. That was, like, the yeah. last play of the game, right? And uh, and it wasn't a kick. That That's normally not the case. Usually if it's the last play of the game, it's usually a kick. This wasn't. It. it was a tackle on the one-yard line. So, um, I fell asleep during that kick. <laughs> I regularly fall asleep during the Super Bowl. I'm hyped cuz I'm not traveling for this one.
0: Like last year I was in Australia for the Super Bowl. I was able to watch the first quarter at the airport in Sydney and then that was it. Had to watch it when I got home. The uh the Rams Pats. I was flying back from Brazil and I it was actually kind of perfect cuz I remember how shitty that game was and I got reception on the TV when we like were in like right spot of international waters just like a bleep in like the black hole of Leaving South America, and it was right when that that second to last drive by the Rams, where if they scored a touchdown, it's a three point game, and it's a game, right? You're just like, oh, like they're driving, like it's a game now, and they don't, so the game's over. So I watched like the only five minutes that really mattered.
2: So the That's fact that I'm the game.
0: at home, right? I'm I'll be I'll be in Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday, taking the six a.m. flight home. The one the one dude leaving Las Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday. And having the party at the house, housewarming party, getting the grill out. Genuinely, genuinely pumped. Like, I can't wait to, like, finish this show because it means I'm one hour closer to the Super Bowl. It got me again every year.
1: I'm
2: not. I'm not
0: at all. Are you coming over for the Super Bowl party? Are you able to planning on it? Should I, like, make a little, like, pull out a cot for you? Put out the
2: full... Hold I'm on the couch, man. i, I, I just, <laughs> on the couch. I don't even need that. I got a great I set. Fo- of I fell asleep at Best Buy, sitting on a on a. <laughs> I swear to God. So I took my. I used to work at Best Buy when I was in college. So my Godfather wanted to get a new TV, and I'm like, all right, let's just, let's go get a TV. What, what kind of TV do you like? What are you looking for? Whatever. What's what space? And he's talking to the freaking uh uh the sales guy. And, you know, I used to work there. These guys don't, they, they don't train them. You, you don't get trained at, at Best Buy. You just, you just. Really? You're like, hire electrical
0: engineers from MIT to
2: like. No, they, 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 they hire guys that can bullshit and that can read a freaking display card. That's who they hire. And uh, so this, my, my my godfather's talking to this guy. He's just like, and he's just like wearing them down with all these questions. And I sat down on, on, a, on, a, on a on a TV box that was boxed. It was back, back when they had the big TVs. I'm sitting on the TV and I lean against the wall. And I'm just like, and I literally fall asleep as he's talking have, to this
0: guy. I think that's uh, more narcolepsy than just. No, Jim I Jim didn't Jim. I, I planned on falling. It wasn't like
2: I like I was standing up and I fell over. No, I was like oh, I'm yeah. gonna sit down right here. <laughs> Good. Well, you're not falling asleep at this Super Bowl party. We
0: got uh, we have like different rooms and like different themes. Oh like, shit! You know, it's like like, a like party or something. Like, like, like the big clubs, they'll be like, oh, here's there's like 80s, 80s hip hop. Here's like top 40, right? So it's it's a housewarming slash Super Bowl party. So it's a lot of like Vicky's work friends, a lot of my extended family. So it's like we've had some rager parties that you've been to over the years. know, yeah, more, more, I'm 40 now. A little more family friendly, housewarming. Like it'll still be fun. So in the back room, there's a lot of like two-year-olds and under. So this might be a place you want to hang out. So it'll be a lot of like mom's. And we're doing projector screen in the back room with like low volume in the front room is the 70 inch with high volume, good seating. Like it's like the intense, like these are the people that are watching football for football. Like there's, I got a a good group of friends that are big Niner fans. So they're going to be in there just like dead set. Right. And then I got a new TV mounted on wheels that I'm going to move to the front yard where like, it's kind of like the older kind of a bounce house. The barbecue's going to be – the weather should be good by Sunday. It's been raining for like a week, but the weather should be good on Sunday. So whatever vibe you're looking for, Soto, we got you. You can hit on the yep. back, intense football watching in the front, chilling with the beer in the front yard, whatever you want, whatever you're liking. The only
2: thing that I, I can't stand and I address every time is the dude slash chick – that says, "Oh, I'm just watching it for the commercials every year." And they always tend and they always tend to be in the football room with the best seat because mm. they're just sitting down and they don't want to get up. And it's oh, I mean, I'm, I'm fine on my. They're home. in Dad's Lazy Boy. That's like, like, bro, like am a am really? ninety degree angle. Yeah, I got into a fight with my aunt because of that. And I, I was like, I'm like, I said I, I posted it like, you know, whatever. If you're if you're just watching it for the commercials, just get out of the good seats because you're 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 taking up a good seat for somebody who really actually wants to watch the game. Yeah. No, if I get there, first and this and that, up She freaking bought a 49ers sweatshirt. And I'm like, you're not a 49er fan. Last time I remember you were a Raider fan. Well, I'm supporting my daughter because she goes to San Francisco State, like you went to goes San Francisco state and like she, it, it's like a buzz up there. So I'm supporting her. I'm like, that's just, that's not how fandom works. I also, just- don't,
0: I, I also don't need the Super Bowl party to be way too novelty. Like I'm there to like, yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have some drinks some great food.
2: This guy's talking about a bounce house and shit. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, well,
0: there's gonna be like 20 kids there. So you're gonna need something to occupy those kids. Like as you know, I got a four year old. Like I've learned this. Like you can't just be like, all right, slew of toddlers sit there Run. quietly and watch football for th- five hours. You know what I mean? You get the bounce house to keep them occupied. So you can sit
2: there and watch, just right? Drop a little Benadryl in a uh, in, in their in their in their Capri Sun. Not everyone needs to fall asleep at everything, Soto. That's just you. Look, man, I'm Mexican dude. I grew up with Mexican parties where it's like there are more freaking uh more tequila bottles than kids. And, uh, you just learn to, you, you put two a lot of chairs cases. together, you put two chairs together like this, you know, and you mm-hmm. sleep on the chair, you find, you find a place to sleep. I need the squares, good food and booze,
0: multiple televisions with proper volume. That's it. That's all you need for the adults. You keep the kids occupied. But for the adult, I don't need the like, Oh, bingo card for commercials or, Oh, you know, what's. You know, how many times do they show Taylor Swift? It's like just just I'll do some gambling at you know, let me know at, at the end of each quarter if I if my square one or not. Give me something to, you know, my blood alcohol level needs to be high. My gut needs to be full of some fried food. And the game. That's it. That's the pride is a proper Super Bowl party.
2: I saw I saw a video. It's uh it was the last Raider home playoff game. And uh is at the Coliseum in LA and Metallica played a uh, like a free concert for the for the fans at in lot eight and I'm like that's such a Raider thing fucking Metallica
0: with Metallica Metallica
2: playing a free concert at a Raider game and, and and fucking the queefs have the Swifties. Get out of here with that. Uh, so that's the Super Bowl.
0: Um it wouldn't be a Raiders coaching hire process or a Raiders off season. Not even like, bullshit going down It's not even the offseason yet Like There's still the Super Bowl But still the Raiders are getting ahead on the drama Of the offseason Cliff Kingsbury out Luke Getzey in We went from air raid To ground and pound Just like that uh, According to reports from Adam Schefter It was a contractual dispute We're talking about Cliff Kingsbury There was a disagreement over the terms, my understanding, unconfirmed, but my understanding is when we look at these teams around the league right now, they're offering their assistant coaches by and large three-year contracts. So in this particular case, I think the Raiders were at two, and I think Kingsbury got at least two years left on the deal with the Cardinals. They're currently paying him, so they really wouldn't have been any added guaranteed money by taking it on. There was that disagreement between that third year that I believe contributed significantly to the breakdown in these talks and to Washington going ahead and giving him that three-year contract that most assistants have gotten during this hiring cycle. This seems um, weird to me that they would be like, yes, the deal is done. I'll come be your offensive coordinator. And then the length of the contract wasn't discussed. Like that would be like the number two biggest thing. It's like, what are you paying me? And how long is the contract? Like, how can you say a contract like it's agreed upon when, like, the second biggest thing is still up in the air? This this smells fishy to me,
2: Soto. You're you're it shaking is. your it head is. in a
0: way. I understand.
2: No, it doesn't make any sense. What makes much more sense is Magic Johnson reaches out to well, Magic Johnson's a part of the Red, a, a part of the Redskins now. I'm calling the Redskins. They're a part of the Redskins. He's a part of the Redskins now with the whole basketball group they have over there. And he, he reaches out to um, to someone in Cliff Kingsbury's camp and says, yo, if it's not perfect, we can talk about what is, how it's not perfect. Let me know how you want to butter your bread, Cliff. Yeah, it's it's not it like – and, and that's the way you would want to say it. Like you wouldn't take like, how much they pay you? we pay you more. Like, no, hey, if the deal that you agreed to is not perfect for you, we may be able to make it more perfect, closer to perfect, and leave it at that. And that's, and, it, and they could both be true. They could both be true. It could be like he was fine with two years uh, initially, and then he gets a word from Magic Johnson. I'm like, hmm, I kind of would like that third year. Yeah. It, it, it could both be true. But more, more likely is that, uh, There was, and again, he didn't sign, he's fair game, so it's not like it's anything underhanded here. It's a little, it's a little, little shit dickish, but, um, not illegal, but frowned upon. I wouldn't even say it's frowned upon. It's just kind of like, okay, really, bro? Like, like that.
0: All right, whatever. If anything, it's more the media jumped the gun, right? It's more like. Because the me- there's no, re- you know, there's no announcement from the Raiders or Kingsbury or anybody that. That's, like, what, that's what we didn't do deal, against
2: the right? one because we already got our freaking butthole of poker burned. Like, you know, we got a, a, a fireplace poker up our ass so that got burned so bad on the first one. We had a whole ass l- hour long video on Cliff Kingsbury, and ends up not being the OC. Um,
0: I feel like uh, it's not a good reason, but I feel like that's why we didn't do an immediate live on Luke Getzi. like, we just.
2: That's I just said. It's, for me, that was a fact, right? I'm just like. Uh, I didn't see a picture of that contract. I ain't get notarized that it's actually Luke Getsey's freaking signature on that thing.
0: I need Mrs. Getsey there to confirm that this is actually her husband, Luke Getsey.
2: I need. Uh, Listen, I need Mark the girl who's getting peed on showing two forms of ID, and I need it to be. Uh, R. Kelly's grandma to confirm <laughs> That it's R. Kelly peeing on that girl That's what I need. Normally I say what movie is that from
0: but it's not a movie Which show is that from what Show is that from? Let us know in the comment section Greatest show ever God damn. So I heard And I've been debating whether I bring it up on this show or not But I will with the stipulation That this is I This is secondhand information And I heard it From a very very well respected Journalist but he made it explicitly clear that this is, hey, I just kind of heard it as a rumor. I'm not. He hasn't reported it. He Probably won't report it. He's probably like, it's so to too far along. I'm. I'm waiting for you know um, confirmation, another source before I actually report it. But I'll. I we are much more capable of flagrantly and irresponsibly spreading rumor and hearsay. Can we talk
2: about that for a second yeah. before we move on? Sure. We get so much information that we can just throw about uh, a bunch of just verbal diarrhea and maybe hedge hedge the bet at the very end of the video just to kind of make it like, Oh, well I said at the very end, I did say that, you know, X, Y, Z to make it. But during the whole video, it's like, it's fact. Like we could totally do that because we have contacts that's going to, that can give us that kind of information. We just don't do it until it's, it's reported, you know? Well, we're, we're in here. We're in
0: this for the long haul, right? So if we were just like a Twitter account that was monetized, I would be like headline and we would just roll with it, right? Like if we were an Instagram account that was monetized, right? I guess we're kind of in that same realm as uh, as YouTube creators, So that's just not kind of how we're in it more for the long haul and you know, we're not going to trade. We attach our names to this, right we're not an anonymous like nfl slash rumors nfl underscore rumors it's not a faceless
2: page you know yeah
0: like we want we you know our word means something right and so that's why like i'll say like i will share what i have heard but i will let you know like hey this was i I heard it from a very very reliable source but he heard it from a very secondary source he's not even going to report it he's probably not even he's not going to Tweet it, he's not gonna mention it, most likely, unless confirmation comes, in which case we'll talk, we'll re we'll readdress this. Um, but I will I'll say, like, look, this is what I've heard. This is what I've heard. Like, and this is how I've heard it, and this is the process of which I heard it. And then you can take that information how you like. This could also just be one of multiple reasons why this didn't happen, right? It could easily be like, hey, that two to three year deal could have been the reason. Right? All three of the
2: things that we mentioned could be right. All the things that
0: now the two versus three that's leaked for a reason right so things that get reported people put their names on it because they're leaked for a reason this is one of those good it doesn't benefit or hurt anyone if this information comes out which is why it wasn't leaked on purpose and that's something that i think i recommend all you guys keep an eye on not just in raiders media but just kind of in politics and business and breaking news whatever right i think Who benefits and who hurts from this information coming out? Because that's why it was leaked out. Like Most news is leaked for a reason. Someone has an agenda. They want the world to know this. And that's why it's out there. This isn't one of those things because no one really benefits. So I heard that either the or a major sticking point was that Cliff Kingsbury was told that Hugh Jackson had to be a part of his offensive staff. Exactly what? I don't know. And Kingsbury's like, bro, I don't want your guy, Raiders, looking over my shoulder and running to Mark Davis every time any little thing goes wrong. Maybe I have, you know, a normal disagreement with Antonio Pierce. Like, I don't want your guy, right? Like a teacher's petty type dude. I want to be able to pick my own staff. And I understand... So I understand where Kingsbury's coming from. I do understand that. I also understand where the Raiders are coming from. You're like, hey, Cliff, you're the outsider coming in here. Like, we we want... like He's not very Raider-y, right? Antonio Pierce has just been like, we want Raiders. Like, I want you to be this. We want you to be that. She's like, all right, let's have our guy as part of your staff to embed that le- that type of culture that we're trying to have. He's, as you know, super Raider-y. We want him involved. So I understand why both sides made their case i do understand why cliff's like dude i i don't want you over looking over my shoulder i understand why the raiders are like look it's only a two-year deal like if you force us to draft someone high and then it doesn't work out and you bounce for a job somewhere else and we're left with our dicks in our hands like we want to be able to have someone to kind of you know i was part of the staff to come along and have some some continuity continuity here. consistency
2: so I, I understand but the opposite if if something works out really well and because of it he's offered another hedge coaching position you the guy that comes in after you you want to have some sort of continuity i mean it makes sense i i understand both sides of it so that's what i heard
0: i heard it from a um a very very good journalist in uh in the nFL world um this person most likely is not reporting it and if he, and if he or she does, then we'll we'll come back to it. So that could be one of the other things. That's the the inside scoop
2: that I got. Ultimately, look, ultimately, it 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 seems like if any one of these three things was the issue, it, it just seems like Kingsbury came in like a mercenary. He didn't plan on sticking around, he didn't plan on, you know building something here he just wanted to show off something so he, he can bounce something off to something else and i had a guy that i used to work with he actually he was a part of the business that i had and this guy he just changed jobs like every like every like 18 months yeah and he'd always just bounce around and bounce around i'm like i get it you're you're making you know lateral moves to a bigger company or you're doing this you're doing that and, and, and you're just you're just basically using your 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 title to get you you know better jobs or higher jobs mm-hmm. and the problem is is you're gonna get to a point where you're in over your head and you're gonna just tumble all the way down mm-hmm. and, and that's what ended up happening uh, so if if Kingsbury wants to go somewhere where he can you know maybe pop an offense for a few uh, a few games or a year or so and, and try to parlay that into parlay that into another head coaching uh position let them do that but it by that action by those actions like no i don't want i don't want some guy i mean it does not have to be a guy that's a worst case scenario a guy looking over my shoulder like no we want some continuity here we want uh you know we want there to be some consistency and we want there to be a, a, a good line of communication because i mean Hugh Jackson is not going to have as much responsibility and as many things to do as the offensive coordinator would. So if, uh, AP can communicate with Hugh Jackson and they can kind of like go back and forth that way, instead of always having to track down the o- OC, uh, it just makes more it, sense.
0: It, it complicates the dynamic, right? And I, I, I and I get Cliff King, and a guy who Kingsbury who clearly had multiple offers, right? He's like, you know, I don't, there's part of this. I don't like, I can go somewhere. I imagine it's kind of like Toby from the office. Like it's the dude, like that's Hugh Jackson, right? That's the dude from corporate. That's kind of like, you know, got Mark Davis's ear and
2: yeah, but he's not like, he's not there to be a stooge. Like, like normally you to think of a stooge as somebody who doesn't bring anything to the table of what you're actually doing. Like what did Toby do to help paper sales at Dunder Mifflin? Nothing. He was well, he HR. Was,
0: he was HR,
2: right? So yeah, it's like, he didn't do anything for sales. For the, what were they actually doing on the field? That's not Hugh Jackson. He's not. He's not going to just sit around and Well, No, and, and that, right? I think that part's irrelevant to like what Kingsbury's
0: issue is. He's just like, look, I can get a guy like him. Like I, 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 or he's probably like, I got a guy, right? Like I'm an offensive coordinator. I've been a head coach in places. Like I have my staff that I have in my mind, right? Like I don't want your guy. I want my guy. Let alone your guy. That's.
2: I don't even think that was the issue because i think they would have allowed him to bring in his guy just just know we're gonna find a position for Hugh jackson he's gonna be in there he's gonna be there
0: i, I get where cliff's coming from definitely get where the raiders are coming from and it also it feels more real to me because the whole two year versus three year like you want to you don't get to the five yard line yeah, how how is that right.
2: a, how is that like that's uh, a major
0: that's a major issue yeah. second thing is break run? down
2: a, a deal that people were reporting was gonna happen no it's yeah it's, it's, it's BS.
0: Uh, I think over the years, things will start coming up. Well, anyway, enough about the guy who's not going to be calling plays for us. Let's talk about the guy that is Luke Getzi. By now, you've probably heard a lot about him. Um, former offensive coordinator for the bears. He was fired like a month and a half ago, right? Didn't take him long to less than that. Uh, when I was thinking of offensive coordinators, he wasn't in my, even in my top five of guys. I thought the Raiders would pick up. They did. Um, Kingsbury kind of left them with their dick in their hand a little bit. Guys started getting jobs. And so like the crop of people you can grab starts, you know, that pool gets a little smaller as, as the big name guys go. And we go on Luke Getze.
2: What was your first reaction when you heard the announcement? My first reaction was, let me look and see his last couple of stops and see what he's done. Mm -hmm. I knew he was, I knew he was the offensive coordinator for the bears. So, okay, what did he do before then that caught, that allowed him to get the job as the offensive coordinator? That was my first mind idea. It was like,
0: the Bears, OC? That offense was terrible.
2: Like, this is weird. Like, But there's a reason he got that job. And so that's why I always look a couple jobs back. He was the passing game coordinator quarterback coach for the Packers, and they had a pretty good passing game. And, uh, I mean, it's night and day the difference between the quarterbacks that they have there and some of the outside talent, right? Uh, the uh, talent, excuse me, the talent on the outside and night um, night with wide receiver. That's, that's the good part, right? He's worked with yeah, yeah. Adams before, right? So what do you, what, what did you see a lot in that offense with, with the Packers? You saw a lot of motion. You saw a lot of play action. You saw a strong running game. You saw a lot of screens. You saw some deep shots, but you saw mostly intermediate, intermediate throws off of play action. Um, uh, a little bit of freedom for for Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, but that's that's the offense. It is an attacking offense, and they don't always run out of run formations. So it's it's a good offense. The offense that he was coordinating, uh, and it wasn't a um, what am I trying to say? Like a, a McDaniel's very predictable offense. Mm-hmm. They did multiple things out of the same formations, out of the same packages, out of the same motion. So um, it's the reason he got the Bears job, he did a good job where he was before.
0: Yeah. And the question is, and so in terms of the question of like how much, how responsible was he for that good Packers offense, right? Like he he wasn't even OC passing game and you had Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams, right? So it's like, you know, that's a top 10 offensive. I'm the offensive coordinator <laughs> or a passing, passing game coordinator, right? So you're, you're asking yourself, okay, how much did he contribute to that, that offense? And you look at like, all right, well, when he was offensive coordinator, what was it like? Now, Justin Fields and Aaron Rodgers, obviously two completely different quarterbacks. And it was very different. It was one of it was the second most run heavy offense in football. Um, behind the Ravens. Although, because he came from passing, you know, uh, the passing coordinator, Switching to run game, it shows a weird, like he had a flexibility in his offense, which is a which is big because we've been going from guys that that don't, right? Josh McDaniels is this is what I do. John Gruden, this is what I do. Just like we're like, we're ready for an offensive guy who's like, hey, here's a novel idea. Let's play to our strengths. Like, oh, let's change what we do for what the personnel that we have. And it's not like a personnel shit. Like we've got really good personnel. They can be unique at times. Right with what they can do, but you know, let's how about we let's be gymnasts. Let's bend a little bit, right? Let's do something different. So I like the fact that he went from passing coordinator to a run-heavy offense, and I think that was the big appeal for Antonio Pierce is like run the ball defense, run the ball defense, don't turn the ball over. I think that was the selling point for the Raiders was even though the offense in Chicago wasn't good, it was I think was something that Pierce kind of envisions
2: the Raiders' offense to be the, the thing that we have to take a look at is what the pieces where he failed, what, what, what could they do? What could they absorb? What could they run? What could they execute? They didn't have a good offensive line. They had a running game that was okay in spurts. They didn't have really a big name at running back or anything like that. That's going to wow them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the quarterback has some tools, but it's not you. You don't look at you don't look at Justin Fields and see, oh, yeah, that's an Aaron Rodgers esque quarterback. Uh, Smooth transition, really. Right? A- oh, going from Rodgers to Fields. Right over. And um, Just change the number, similar, same guy, right? Same guy. Very similar to what I said about Cliff Kingsbury about how his um, his offense is kind of petered out towards the end of the season. A lot of that was at the feet of calamari because he, let me see if this sounds familiar, he didn't, he didn't go through a lot of progressions and he just tucked the ball and ran a lot. Mm-hmm. That sounds a lot like what Justin Fields does too. Yeah. And if you can't go through your progressions and, and, and you're just not able to do it quick enough, you're going to get sacked a lot. You're going to take a lot of hits. You're going to run the ball a lot because you know, you're a mobile quarterback and you can. And even though the offense is bad, you're not seeing Luke Getz's offense. That's not how the offense is supposed to run. Mm-hmm. He's doing the best he can. I mean, he meaning but pal. Meaning Justin Fields, he's doing the best he can. It's just maybe he's just not there yet to to go through an offense where, you know, and and also to be fair, maybe Luke Getsy was a little bit spoiled because he had an Aaron Rodgers who can just flip through the offense, and flip through progressions, right? So it's it could go both ways. But what, what, the reason why I'm, I'm going through all this is I understand that this season it's okay if free agency is 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 lying season right this is like uh like a, what, is, what is like a, a, a like a worst case scenario season like everyone's like oh uh, he's bad because of this, or he's bad because of that and I get it and I don't want and it, it I mean it's great for us right it gives us a lot of content to talk about and we have passionate people who want to hear but it's like okay take a step back and there's normally a ton of reasons why things work and a ton of reasons why they don't. And as far as the Luke getsy hire, if you take a look at why he got the Bears job and what was different personnel wise between what he had in, in, with the Packers, which is a lot closer to what we have now and what he walked into with the Bears. It's a big difference, and the biggest difference is that quarterback and what type of – I'm not saying Justin Fields is a terrible quarterback. He can't play, whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that his skill set is pointed to a, in a different direction as Aaron Rodgers was, and that may have stifled the way the offense was able to progress, and he had to keep it more vanilla, and it, had, and it made it easier to defend, so it just compounds on top of each other. So he got the job for a reason because he did a good job before where he was before. Well, is the main thing I want to take a look at. And then when you start
0: rolling it forward, because normally when you're hiring an offensive coordinator or even a head coach, right, you're like, okay, um, let's find teams with great offenses and hire ever from there. Passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach, whoever, right? Let's make them offensive coordinator. That's generally like that's the vast majority of coordinator hires is you poach someone from a good offense below o- O.C., and this was not that, right? You're, you're taking a guy from a bad offense. And you're like, oh, let's, let's have him immediately just come and be, an R- be our OC. Why is that? Um, I'm, I'm choosing Dan Arlovsky um, for his explanation. But basically what Arlovsky says is what I've heard from almost everybody. He was so, the most concise, I think. He's, he's concise. He's very passionate, right? He's Orlovsky. Um, but you can take what Orlovsky's is saying, and I've heard it from... Not an exaggeration, 10 different people have said basically it's a slightly different version. What have said to, uh, to Pat McAfee this week? Take a listen. I,
1: I've heard nothing but tremendous stuff about Luke Etsy. I've sat with him, and I was impressed with him, just my time with him. He, he, he was really understood their offense. He had a really good connection with trying to tie formations and run game and pass concepts together. I, I think the two thoughts I have on a debut of this. Number one, why did that offense look like that last year with Justin? That offense for the first five or six weeks was – a, a, a schematically a stupid offense. It was. And it was not what was necessary for that player and his oh, skill man. and his talent. Man. And stupid. then it changed. So you know, after Justin's, you know, right before the injury and maybe after the injury, it, could, it was a totally different offense. So, I, like, I would want to sit down and be like, why? You know, why did that offense look in many ways, poor early and then much better, but also two different offenses. And then why did you get that young quarterback to play so hesitant? Because no one can tell me that that young, young man did not play scared to make mistakes last year. Everyone says the same
0: thing. I've met with Getzy. He's brilliant. He knows football. He's a rising star. He's younger than both of us, right? He's on the good side of 40. Like he's, a, he's the next big thing in football. And I have no idea where the Bears offense sucked. (laughs) It's like everyone says the exact same thing. Like you meet the guy, you hear him, you peek into it, you crack open his skull and look into his brain. and You're like, wow, it's glowing, right? Whoa! And then on the field, you're like, oh, that was awful.
1: So the hope
0: is that the Bears were such a cesspool that that's why even he couldn't get things going, right? Because the... When he finally had the reins as an offensive coordinator, he, he failed. Right? He failed in Chicago. Did he fail, or did the team fail him? We're obviously hoping it's hoping it's the latter at this point.
2: I like to look. I like to think of it from this perspective: Did Luke Getze fail, or did the offense fail, or it could be both? Um, you and I could go and jump on a on an NFL team. And we're not going to be a part of a very good side of the ball. Whatever side of the ball we go, because we're going to be the weakest link on any side of the ball we go to. Okay. No matter who you go to, no matter who's around you, if we're playing in the NFL, it's not going to be a good a, a good unit. You didn't say
0: you're better than Alex Leatherwood. So maybe you'd be the, the second worst. Uh, that
2: that's was a couple of years way, ago, but... number one. I'm a little older now, but, I mean, <laughs> that's not a high bar. <laughs> But I'm saying, I say it for because of this reason. Success needs execution. You can have the best X's and O guy out there. If your team can't execute what you call, you're not going to go anywhere. You need to have the players, not X and O's, Willie's and Joes, right? You need to have the guys out on the field who can execute what you're drawing up. What Orlovsky was alluding to was, and without saying it, He's he's basically saying this offense was too sophisticated for Justin Fields, who couldn't handle the progressions, who mm-hmm. couldn't handle the offense. Exactly what I said before this clip came out is what Orlovsky was saying. He couldn't. He looked scared. He played hesitant. Why? Because he couldn't handle the offense. He couldn't handle the offense, or he wasn't sure enough to to run the offense when 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 facing live fire, mm-hmm. and they had to dummy it down and change it towards the end of the season, which is why it got better. But you have to take a look at, okay, well, if he's bringing the same concepts and a lot of the same things over from what worked for them in the past, what's the difference? It's the person who's running the offense. And um, I don't, I think as far as my physical tools, but the ability to process and the ability to find the right read and know where you're supposed to go. And I'm not saying Justin Fields is dumb by any means. I'm not saying that, but he showed that he couldn't run the offense. That, I mean, and I'm assuming it's a more vanilla, watered-down version of what Aaron Rodgers ran. He he can't run that type of offense. He has to have a different type of offense for it to be more suited to his skill set. And, I mean, Aiden O'Connell's a little bit more cerebral quarterback. A couple of these guys that we might get a little bit later in the draft could be a little bit more cerebral quarterbacks. A couple of the guys up top went through a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys in college, man. You're, you're you're being able, you're being able to see what they can pick up quickly because with the transfer portal and all the the movement in college football coaching, they're getting a lot of different systems thrown out. I mean, every single year it's something different. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, weird. it's, that it's, it's he was saying what I said, but he's just being a lot more diplomatic about it. It's weird. It's all it's, it's,
0: we're not anywhere near as far along. As Bill Belichick, but it's almost like Aaron Rodgers is kind of becoming like the coaching tree equivalent to Bill Belichick, where everyone like poaches Belichick's system, like poaches his guys because they won all the time and no one does shit. It's like Nathaniel Hackett, terrible without Rodgers. Luke Getze, he had Rodgers awesome, terrible in Chicago. It's <laughs> like maybe Aaron Rodgers, like all these guys are taking credit off of Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that's maybe that's not the case, right? Maybe it's not these guys helping Aaron. It's just, you know, Aaron Rodgers is just that good of a quarterback, right? Um, we'll find out, right? As the seasons move along, what Getsy, what
2: Getsy's gonna give us. Uh, and speaking of quarterback, so coming into the offseason. Sorry about that, but I think it's a little bit different because you Nathaniel Hackett went from OC to a head coach. Mm-hmm. whereas Luke Getze went from passing game coordinator to OC, which is not as big of a jump because you're really fo- still focusing on one side of the ball. Varying uh, degrees. degrees. I'm just saying. Different. I'm a different. I'm trying to be of- able look. I gave and I preached to give a benefit of the doubt before you start coming down on a coach that we had before. I'm doing the same thing with Getze. I'm trying we're, to be
0: consistent. We are hoping for the best with Getze. I just like to look at all angles. I just like to think to myself, this is something I'm going to keep an eye on with everything right it's like i'm not saying aaron Rodgers is bill belichick where everyone who touched him is going to fail elsewhere it's just like okay i'm going to keep an eye on this moving forward uh how the how you know the the fact that the bears ran the ball so much doesn't mean we're going to do that but i'm going to keep an eye on this moving forward it's one of those things one of the things it's like okay i want to i want to start forming my evaluation of getsy with what he's done in the what, 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 what do i always say what do i always say it's not where you are. It's the trending of direction that you're going, right? Where did you start? Where are you now? That's most important to me. Like, are you going like this? Or are you going like that? Right? Where's get, where was Getzy? And where is he now? So which direction are we going in? Because that's all I care about is the future of the radio. But no one dude, that
2: weird, like annoying guy with the like stupid facial hair. He's like claiming that he's all rich. Where am I? And where are you? You ever seen that guy? No. I'll see if, you if I you, you just described like all of Instagram <laughs> the guy this is like doing. Armenian or Mexican or something like that and he's like he wears clothes that are way too tight for him and he's always got all these like designer like exclusive drop clothes and that's he's a dude on Instagram uh, No, no no but this guy's a little bit older and he has like painted on like he has a beard that's like painted on but it's got it's like a, it's got stripes in it it's terrible but his thing is for all you haters out there Where am I and where are you? you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where you are. Uh,
0: But coming into this offseason, right, there were three giant questions. Who's going to be our head coach? Who's going to be our OC? Who's going to be our quarterback? We got the first two. And whatever's number, like, there's a lot of things we've got to worry about. Number four is a mile away, right? Top three. Head coach AP, OC Lucchetti, quarterback. Who's that going to be? Right? Giant question. If, if Getzey even flirts with the success that he had in Green Bay, we've got our, we're in a great position with our OC between whoever our running back is going to be, whether it's Zeus or Jacobs. Um, Zeus is nowhere near as good as Jacobs, but for the money, great. Right? Devontae Adams, an O line that plays much better than some the of their parts, developing tight ends, just a quarterback away. If this de- and, I, and if this defense can be can continue to be what it was at the at the second half of last season, oh boy! If this defense is even remotely what it was in the second second half of last season, it's gonna be. We've got fun. a lot of young guys
2: on that side of the ball that are still fun. under contract. It's Gonna so. be a
0: fun fun year if this. Oh yeah, even a lot of those guys are guys still season. under contract for this year. Good stuff. What about quarterback? Okay. Uh, Antonio, Pierce, this is another reason why I love Super Bowl week because everyone's doing interviews. Radio Row. Antonio Pierce has this deal with like Kmart or something, so he did uh, McAfee, he did Eisen, he just he's just doing doing the gambit, right? Which is great. still around? Yeah, apparently they're, they're they're around enough to pay a to pay a head coach, right? Uh, so this is what the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, Antonio Pierce, had to say. When Rich Eisen said, I, "I love, I love," this is a fun question by Eisen. He's just like, he's "Is so the good. quarterback of the future on the roster now?"
2: It's a great question.
0: Well, it's like, okay, the question is, is Aiden O'Connell your quarterback? Because yeah, you're Chase not saying that. Gone, You know, it's not gonna be like Chase. <laughs> like it's like he's basically asking, like, is Farva gonna be the quarterback next season?
1: Here's AP's answer. Aiden O'Connell put himself in a position that whoever we bring in. He should battle. I'm all about competition. That would take care of itself, Rich. Uh, But Aiden O'Connell, as the season went along, I thought did an outstanding job of taking care of the football, managing the game, and doing what we asked him to do. I said it in one of my pressers. I didn't need Aiden to go out there and win a game. I didn't need him to throw for 400 yards and put up these magical numbers. I just needed him to play to our strength. At that time of the season, at the end, our strength was defense. So Aiden did just that. Now, you know, we made some change on the offensive side of the ball, the officer coordinator and our staff. We'll continue to grow our offense. And I'm sure, as you know, we'll bring in a quarterback in some capacity. And we're going to let those guys battle. But I'll tell you one thing about Aiden. He's a competitor. He's smart. I don't think he's going to go down without a fight. And we'll let the best man win.
0: So when Pierce said, uh, I don't know, week 12, something like that, he was really hyping up Barba, right? Aiden O'Connell was like, he's my guy, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes, you know, when you're at the podium, especially as a brand new head coach, you may be caught up in the moment. Maybe you kind of like, obviously you're going to back your guy. Obviously he's loved in the locker room and the facility and fans like, yeah, like Farva, like, you know, overachieved his draft position and, and stepped up when he, you know, certainly far from great, but he's a great story. Like I'm, I'm very, very, very happy. He's a Raider, right? Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes you get caught up in the moment, and you hype a guy up, believe me a little bit more than you should. He's still doing it. He's still like Farba's the man. He's done a lot of great stuff for us. It's going to be open competition. It's uh, it's genuine. How highly Antonio Pierce fear uh, feels about Farba.
2: A Couple important things there. He, like you said, is still very complimentary of Farba. He's also made it a point to say that the strength of our team was our defense. So we didn't, we, he did what we asked him to do. Yeah. Um, so when you take a look at maybe some of those throws that he didn't make, that he maybe would have made in the past or would have made in a different circumstance, he's not going to go for those passes that are maybe a, a higher, um, a higher probability of a of a bad play, a negative play happening, right?
0: And you saw Farva make that pivot in real time, right? Like he was a turnover machine in his first few starts, and then no turnovers in like the last four games or something, four right? Like whatever it was, like he was like eight touchdowns, zero turnovers to close out the season. So he like, he tangibly made that change in real time as a fourth round rookie.
2: Which is, I mean, look, we, 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 have, we talked about how smart he is. We already we already know about that. The thing that is he's able to translate that intelligence to gameplay, which is very important because you need a lot of guys that are smart. A lot of guys go to like different schools and they're really smart guys, whatever. But when they get on the field, it's different when they're facing that heat. And he was able to, like you said, flip it around 180. And the, 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 the my big takeaway is Aiden O'Connell has more to give. Which is basically what AP is saying. Mm-hmm. Like, he has more to give us. He just did what we asked him to do. And that's what he did. But he's got more. We can get more out of him. He's, he's better than what he showed us because we didn't ask him to do too much.
0: Mm. I uh, He's 100% correct because, obviously, when AP took over, the cupboards are what they are. Right. You don't get to go grocery shopping. You're taking over mm-hmm. midseason. And you're like, right, Farva's their our guy. We're gonna change our, you know, we're gonna we're gonna game plan around the fact that our defense is playing. I like, still have bro. to pinch myself when I talk about it. Like our defense is playing arguably the best in football at that point. Let's just have Farva like just not blow it for us. Yeah, you know, you just you know, run the ball, control the ball. We'll have Jack Jones get some get some interest, you know, get some touchdowns for us, right? Let's we'll just do that, right? Fast forward to now, and now you got a whole off season to do whatever you want. Right. like get a ton of cap space, full draft allotment. It's different. You're not just having to deal with, with who you have. And he mentioned that, right? Saying, look, we're gonna we're definitely gonna get some. I mean, we're, we're the Raiders are probably only gonna have Farva on the roster next season of all the quarterbacks that are there now. Jimmy G's gone, practice squad guys probably gone. It's probably only gonna be Farva. It's gonna be some, uh, a veteran, uh, you know, some like whoever's are going to be practice squad dudes that are going to be brought in, some veterans for whatever. Hopefully another like actual veteran will be brought in because it's going to be a lot of young guys, right? Again, we're we're hoping it's a rookie, whether it's we're trading the world for Caleb or finding value in round two or, or whatever. We're going to need a veteran right in that room. It's only going to be far about it. that's going to have any tenure with the Raiders. And it really feels like Antonio Pierce is like all about Farva taking it, like being in the mix
2: and okay. really having a shot. We'll see how that goes. I mean, it's, he would know more than anyone what he's capable of. Cause he, he saw him in his, his progress last year. And, um, it just, it just, it's, it's really interesting when you, when you kind of like read into like you know read between the lines a little bit about what he's trying to say and that's what I took from it is yeah I understand what you're gonna say and you're right he he didn't put the ball in harm's way a lot he was very conservative he didn't throw for the touchdowns that like maybe some of the other guys and you know but we didn't ask him to do all that stuff we asked him to do what he did and he did it but he's ball. more but he's capable of more he's capable of more is the main thing so um, I'm excited about it. I'm intrigued to see what is the, the evolution of, of Farba, if that indeed is the case, that he has a lot more to show.
0: So you take what Antonio Pierce said about the quarterback situation of the Raiders, and then you take Dan Orlovsky's take on what he makes of the quarterback situation of the Raiders. So this is the second half of the conversation that he had with, about Luke Getzey and then this was kind of like the back end of it talking about a quarterback from uh, the Pat McAfee show.
1: You got to go jump if you're at Las Vegas. Like you got a good talented defense um I, I think that you know Antonio Pierce is going to have that group playing incredibly tough. Yep. You got to go get a quarterback. You have no shot in that division. You have no <laughs> shot if you don't get a guy, I'm talking about a freakazoid because oh. Justin's going to play awesome. We know they have Patrick. So um, they would be the one team that I, was, I would sit here. It's February 5th. You have to go up in the draft and go get a guy. Kirk Cousins still going to be available. Mm-hmm. You never know who would do what. And uh, not enough. Russ? Okay.
0: Freakazoid, Soto, to even have a shot in the AFC West. Not even good, freakazoid. So after AP many- just said like Farva's gonna fight for the position, <laughs> like talk about night and day.
2: There's just there's it's I have this just this thing that's just gnawing at me. I can right? see it. I can see it in your face. It's gnawing at me, and it's one of your cats. I can see him. Yeah, right? <laughs> I did it. I did. I was able to find, I should say, I was able to find a lot more content and a lot more content that was already kind of, like, ready-made to look at as far as to judge the quarterbacks for last year's draft. And Aiden O'Connell played, like, a first, early, second-round pick his junior year in college. Mm -hmm. That's how he played. Did his skill set match that? I don't know. His physical attributes, I should say. His skill set's really good, but his physical attributes did it match that, and at the NFL level, that's yet to be seen. But he looked the the part. His junior season, he looked like that guy that can be that guy. Mustache was starting to come in. Yeah, yeah, it was a little faint on the. He's a little little thing on the sides, and was kind of filling in, yeah, in the middle. Filling in the middle a little bit. Yeah, I'm telling you, go look and see what he did to that Tennessee defense at the Motor City Bowl his junior year. It was like 500 and some yards and like six, seven touchdowns. Like he won that game for them. And when you take a look at a player who went from that to the really conservative offense that he he played the last handful of games last year, Mm -hmm. and then you hear what Antonio Pierce has to say about, hey, you know, he did what we asked him to do. I understand what you guys think about Aiden O'Connell, but we think differently because we know something that you guys don't know. I don't know. It's a lot going on right now, but that thing that's gnawing at me is I've seen this kid play as good as some of these other guys that are going in the first day. Mm -hmm. And what's stopping him from transitioning over is is it having that offseason to kind of learn the whole thing over again and and be comfortable in a system and – you know actually be taught something and not just kind of like push to the side like he was with Josh McDaniels yeah maybe maybe that's it maybe that's why he wants him to be a little more comfortable maybe he's not used to his you know hot reads and his 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 his, his uh his danger throws and all this stuff and like who knows there's a lot to go a lot that goes into it but that's the thing that's gnawing at me is when I looked at his tape his junior season, and I, I said it a couple times already, if he would have come out his junior season, he would have been drafted a lot higher, I think, yeah. uh, than he was when he came out after his senior year. And I don't know man, he doesn't seem like a guy that's easily like he's not flappable you know like, he's not easily rattled. he doesn't seem like a, that guy, right? And um, he has no highs and no lows. He's no, right, this is me. Though. Like is this is, and that's kind of what you want in your quarterback. Is okay. Yeah, all right. I threw an interception. On that. Well, I gotta make, see what I did wrong. Okay, I, I see that. You know, in the tablet, I see what I did wrong. All right, I'll fix that. Let's fix that. Yeah.
0: I scored a touchdown. Let's let's go get another that's one. Cool. All, all right. Prepare. Yeah, I'll celebrate with my boys. But then I'm,
2: I'm back. in. Okay. Yeah. What did we see? You know, what can we what can we build on for the future in in this game? And look, there's two ways to look at Arlovski's comment. You need a guy. Right, maybe loss can turn. Or not, excuse me. Maybe Aiden O'Connell can be that guy. Maybe that—that's who uh, the coaching staff thinks Aiden O'Connell can be. Okay, but it's not just you don't just play your division, right? Mm-hmm. When he says you got to get a freakazoid, it's not just to beat the guys in your decision in your division. You got to win 13 games to win that division because mm-hmm. Kansas City is going to win 12. So you got to, you got to, you gotta, you know, you got to win 13 games. So you got to have a guy good enough to win 13 games. That's what I think more so than beating, being better than the teams in your division. It's you got to get a guy that can win 12, 13 games a year. Well, two things.
0: Um, to the division point with Orlovsky, he's like, you have to have a freakazoid to survive. It's like, we went four and two with Josh McDaniels as coach half the season jimmy garoppolo was quarterback half the season and farva thrown in there as a fourth round rookie for half the season went four and two in the division so it's all idea like you have to have the next you know the second coming of patrick mahomes to survive no like obviously we're trying to find that guy obviously we want a world-class quarterback and we should be doing everything possible to see find that guy and make it work and obviously This whole idea that's like, oh, dude, like you need a you need someone who can walk on water, you need a savior to survive the AFC West. It's like, yeah, we went four and two under like terrible circumstances, worse circumstances in the division, right? Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. We went four and two against those three quarterbacks. Okay. So, first off, no Orlovsky. Secondly, everything you mentioned about Farva, what he's capable of, he did. He, the, the 180 he did this season, I think, is too underrated. How he went eight touchdowns, zero interceptions to close out the season. Again, with the, the quarterback poison that is Josh McDaniels changing halfway through. He was basically ignored the first half of the season. It was all Jimmy G thrown in there half the season as a fourth-round rookie. As a rookie to begin, if you're Caleb Williams next season, being a rookie, there's going to be some growing pains. But you're going to, you're taking all the first team reps. Like everyone knows you're the starter. You're going to get all the attention. Like everyone's going to need everything they can do to keep, you know, to make you,
2: to make you something. Keishon Johnson we, has a good line. Keyshawn Johnson has a really good line about rookies. All the team wants to know is that, can you make it to the facility? Like, do, can you get to the facility? Can yeah, you get yeah. to practice? Can you get to the, can you, do you know how to get to where you need to get to? Yeah. Like your, your rehab, your meetings, Like do you know where to go? That's all they care
0: about rookies. And yet Farva was said, oh, yeah, you're going to guide this franchise now. So those two things, I think, is where I think Orlovsky's kind of missing the ball a little bit. Uh, and kind of fun and depending on how fun, random news. I thought it was hilarious. Chad Ochocinco. Chad Johnson, Ochocinco, whatever you want to call him. I'm officially a member of the Raiders coaching staff. Pitcher with Antonio Pierce. And I was like, uh, okay, coaching what? Like telling the players like, here's where you send your check when you get a fine.
2: He's a nutritionist, <laughs> McDonald's every day.
0: He's the one that's telling the rookies how to get to the facility. He's like a cross crossing guard hey, or something like that. Can
2: fly back up real quick. Look at the top. Underworlds with relevant. People Chad Johnson. McDonald's is cheaper than therapy. And never forget, you're paying for sex indirectly. But the word relationship changes the narrative. That's so good.
0: <laughs> he could be he'd be doing like he'd be like Herm Edwards in like the uh, rookie symposium. He's like, all right, here's just like life advice. Don't pay for sex, or go ahead and pay for sex. You're in Vegas. It's cheaper than being than having a girlfriend or a wife. For sure. He's just like a life coach, you know. Uh, this all got, I, I, I read this. I was like, this sounds iffy to me. And then Paul Gutierrez chimed in, just cut up with Chad Johnson. And know he's not joining Antonio Pierce's Raider staff. Just having some fun on social media. If this was like a, an April fools, it'd be very, very much below average. I don't know. I guess if you're, you got a lot of time on your hands, if you're Chad Johnson. So you're like, oh, let me just pretend like I'm on the Raiders
2: coaching staff. I think it was pretty funny. I mean, I think yeah. it just. It was something to, to to get, to get a reaction, and to get uh, engagement, and the and I mean I read the I read the the comments, and the comments were hilarious, because I mean he also he also posted a text conversation between him and his wife, and his wife didn't believe him, and, and then, <laughs> then, then, then Chad Johnson's like fine whatever this is your room number your this is the keys here don't ask me for any Raider gear. <laughs> So I mean I thought it was pretty funny. I
0: mean you got time on your hands, you're gonna do stuff like that. I don't know. It feels it feels like a really, really, really not creative April Fool's joke. And April Fools are to begin with. Actually, I I think April Fools are like um gender reveal parties. 99% of the time they're pretty lame. But if you can but if you get a hit, they can be great. I saw this one gender reveal and it was two guys that were uh they were like pro they're they're just, they're just the dude like the the dad's like buddies and they were doing pro wrestling and one was wearing blue one was wearing pink and they had a ring set up and a oh, wrap. one yeah And they did a whole back and forth and like whoever won it was it was like okay that's that's an awesome gender reveal Whole orchestrated whole thing it was a giant party in the backyard if you can do that like okay that's a winning gender reveal Otherwise, it's probably... like, Oh, what color's the balloon? Oh, we're shooting fireworks that don't work, and we still can't tell who it is.
2: People's jokes and gender reveals are only memorable when something goes horrifically wrong. Like a whole forest gets burnt down? God, that was terrible. Review. That happened, that was freaking terrible.
0: <laughs> Reduce and what, Wembex? Sure, why not? trig oo yart Try Guyert. Try This is either like a yogurt pun or.
2: How about, how about try guy art?
0: Yeah, I think it's a yogurt go. Try guy art. -art. Yeah. In quotes, if you have three quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. John Madden. So this was about uh, our, uh, our last, our last show last time. Um, This is, this is the difference. If you're, Halfway through the season, if you're in week eight and you have three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. If you're we're like it's technically not even the offseason yet, right? It's the Super Bowl this week. It's still early. You want to have as many oars in the water as possible. Like, yeah, you want the highest draft pick you can get. Yeah, you want the best free agent out there. Yeah, you want to give Farva every benefit that every every possible tool to be as good as possible. The position is so important if you only have so many chips to go all in one way, then so be it best case scenario. You have multiple guys trying to make this work, right? If you end up, if you end up in a position where we're not trading up and maybe we're reaching on a quarterback at 14, right? Are we 13 or 14, 13, 13, maybe we're, it's a little, you know, maybe we're going McCarthy or Knicks or whatever, right? Like there's something that's, feels a little kind of reachy. Maybe we go get Baker Mayfield to see if we can all. Pan out right like That's what you need to do the position Is too important to just be like Yeah let's run back with Farva and see what happens It's way too important To have like that kind of mentality of just Like zero in a guy and Let the chips fall where they may
2: For sure we need To have like like AP said Have competition and you want it to be A legitimate competition There's a reason why like the like shooto like the pro wrestling didn't Work out because it was like a staged, like pro wrestling, but an MMA fight, and you mm-hmm. could tell when it, like, you're trying to make it real and it's not. It doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing with a quarterback competition. <laughs> it's like what I mean, this first practice, you can tell who's going to be out there, you know. And yeah. you got you want to you want to have a, a a a strong, legitimate competition for this position. Daryl
0: Jones, seventy six zero three. His size, arm strength, and age. Hard to pass up question mark, question mark, question mark and 10 exclamation points. Talk about Justin Fields. Um, to me, it's not even those three things. To me, it's more the price, a second rounder. And then he's still on a rookie contract. I feel like even if we go all in on Caleb Williams, I feel like, I still feel like that's a good move. He's just so cheap. I don't know, man. So, if you get it's a, a guy, rounder, right? Let's se- say, say it's a second rounder, the going rate for Justin Fields. Let's say it's a second
2: I rounder. I, 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 I wouldn't do it. And here's why you're giving up prime draft capital for a guy that his old team doesn't want. You're getting someone else's garbage, basically. Okay. And it's not like, they haven't tried to do different things with him to ma- help him progress in his, in his career. Um, on top of that, he is only a, I mean, cause if you're trading, a, a it's, it, it, if you don't like him, it's going to be a one year thing. I know he has two years left on his contract, but it's going to be a one year thing. Cause if you don't like him, you're going to want to move on from him right away. All right. He, he didn't work out. We, we got to move on because you got to pay him now. and, you don't get the the uh, benefit of having a young quarterback by having the time to develop him as much as what Justin Fields has showed he needs developing you don't have that kind of time to to get him to where you want to get him it's just you're you're asked you're 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 rank you're you're giving up a, a prime your second round pick is still a really high pick right we, we we talked about the first 10 draft picks are like the cream of the crop from then to like number 50 it's pretty much another group of people and then from there to like 100 125 is like what's your flavor right so it's still a prime pick right you still get guys in the second round that go like maybe could have gone in the first round depending on who's picking where right but so give up a pick like that for a young quarterback who hasn't shown progression who has who didn't show his last team enough for them to want to keep him around Plus, add them to the top on top of that, you're gonna to have to pay him a lot sooner. You're better off just getting a young quarterback. And getting
0: it It's basically a two-year $20 million deal for him. But it's not
2: a two-year because you're not gonna keep him that second year.
0: Yeah, you are. You have he to he deci- show you. You have to decide now. If you the fifth-year option has to be decided now. You don't but to what to I'm saying is, is so it's a two-it is a two-year deal. Yeah, but the thing is, is you're not gonna to want to keep him that second year. I mean, I guess you could trade him, right? You can, you can. That's what done. I'm saying. If you're
2: not going to want to keep him that second year, if he didn't show you what you want to see that
0: first year, my point being, that there's a very real possibility that he's a good quarterback, and things were just so awful in Chicago that that's why he didn't succeed. That is a very, very, very real possibility, and for a second round pick. To me, it's worth it. You that say game. that
2: like it's nothing. A second round pick is a really good pick. It's a, it's the second
0: best pick you can have b- besides the first, but you're dealing uh, with a quarterback. You're the one that's like, trade everything you can for a, you know, a really, really but high first round quarterback.
2: Is, you put everything into the pot, RJ. It's not just the meat. It's the stew. It's the vegetables. Everything together. Because you get more time, right? And and you get that more of, more of a contract flexibility. You don't have that flexibility with Justin Fields. And he's already shown you, he can't develop the way you in want Chicago and sh- a guy situation. that you're have now an offensive coordinator. It doesn't make sense with bad,
0: with bad wide receivers and just like a bad team in general, bad locker room, like Look,
2: under Antonio Pierce, reading under, the throwing defense, to Devonte if fling, Adams, if he's flinging the ball around the field, and these guys are dropping passes, running the wrong routes. I, I understand that. But when you say that he looked confused, and he looked hesitant and he looked scared. That tells me that you can't run over offense that we're trying to run at the NFL
0: level. And also he played better at the second half of both seasons as they like as also Getsy started thinking, OK, this is what works for fields and this is what doesn't not predicting fields is going to be great. I'm saying for a second rounder and a chance of a good quarterback and you have two years to work on it. No brainer. You do it. Uh, Black I mean- Eddie. I don't agree with that. Ask how our last five rounders are doing. Trade the sink. Bring in a star quarterback. Well, first off, it's not going to be Mike Mayock and John Gruden (laughs) drafting our first rounders anymore. And that's always been the big thing with the Raiders, right? It's just like, oh, well, your first rounders suck anyway. It's like, well, the people that were making those picks sucked. I don't want to, we're not, I, you know we're all hoping we're not living in a world where it's like whoever the Raiders GM is, is going to blow it at first round picks. Telesco. How about you look at, how about you look at Telesco's history of first rounders? Fucking phenomenal. He's an amazing first round picker. Hit, hit, hit pro bowler, pro bowler, polar bear, Justin Herbert, defensive all pro. Like look at that list. Not at what Gruden Mayock did. Look at Telesco's list. It's
2: good. Slater, Herbert, Williams, Derwin James. For like 13 years. Like. He missed on like Tillery. He missed on uh missed last like,
0: season. Who, they picked um fuck who did they picked last season.
2: Well, oh, the guy from TCU, the court, the, the receiver. Yeah. He was hurt though in, in the beginning of the year. Yeah. And but, receivers, they don't not all receivers come out like Justin fucking Jefferson. Okay. It's it's it takes them a while sometimes.
0: This will be the deciding one, right? If Telesco's, let's say he's our GM for like the next four years. And it's more like just swing and miss, swing and miss, swing and miss at first round quarterback. It's like okay, it that's a probably run. us. It's probably it's, us. It's, it's not. It's, it's not me. It's you. It's not you. It's me. Like mm-hmm. it's not you, Telesco. Like if even if Telesco just like, ends his run of good first rounders, then it's something wrong.
2: So, um, it's kind. Of, you can look at again. You can look at that from two perspectives. It's you want to. You you don't want to trade a bunch of first round picks because Telesco. Hits on his first round picks, right? Mm-hmm. But at that same that same light, he's good at evaluating talent. So if he thinks the yeah, guy specifically, yeah, and if you, and if he's the guy, if Telesco thinks that's the guy that you need to get, then you should trust him.
0: The other half too is development, right? Like would Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes if he didn't go to Andy Reid be um under Alex Smith for that time? had the cheetah had the title that remain nameless. Right. Like, I think that's also very underrated part of this as well too. Like it could, it could also be, you know, the Raiders just ran kind of a willy nilly, you know, um, development program. Well, the development program where they let Henry rugs and Damon Arnett loose and be insane. And, you know, cable, just like maybe Leatherwood could have developed better somewhere else, but cable just sucked. Like that's, that is a question to be asked as well with this new, with, with the new regime is if it's like, okay, was it just, we were just picking the wrong guys or are we doing something wrong? when We went through the door. This is a very interesting time because it feels like it feels like such a big change. It feels bigger than like when Gruden came, because I feel like they were always trying to be the Raiders are trying to be Gruden ish in a lot of ways, like Jack Del Rio and Gruden were that different. Right. But going from Mick Ziegler to I come with a fun name for AP and Telesco from Palesco or whatever, right? This feels okay. so different. It feels like a completely different place for you to land
2: as a player. I think what's, uh, what's happening is a lot of the, what I talked about a couple of seasons ago when we're, we talked about Devonta Adams coming in is you get these guys who are Raider fans and they can kind of like spread that love like this is what it's what this is what it is to be a raider right now you have the lead the, the, the lead of your organization basically doing that and i'm gonna say something right now and it may be a hot take controversial whatever the closest thing to al davis since al davis is antonio pierce for this franchise a guy that knows the culture a guy that has the authority a guy that's able to put and embrace the the x raiders also other guys from i mean we just signed caldwell to be the run game coordinator and also coach linebackers like we're bringing in a lot of smart nfl names guys who has a lot of years under their belts guys who've won a lot of games to really help stabilize and develop this group of players coaches scouts you name it so the influence that Antonio Pierce has on this organization as a whole. I don't think we've seen that. And I, I, even though Gruden was given a lot of power, that was more putting Gruden ahead of the Raiders. Like it was, about, it was about Gruden. Let's not, that's not for ourselves. It was Gruden number one. And then closely behind was the Raiders, but it was Gruden. It was about him. AP is about the Raiders. And I think, since Al Davis, AP is the closest thing to this organization since Al Davis. Well,
0: he's also in a position where he doesn't have like the muscle to flex that Gruden did, right? Like even if he wanted to be, you know, the czar of what happens with the Raiders, he doesn't have that kind of cachet, right? So I think I think he's also in a position to he not like, the juice. He didn't have the juice. I think he's he's also smart and knowing it's more apt. To be like, let me be in the culture as opposed to the dictator of said culture. Uh, Super Bowl week, everybody enjoy the game, have fun this Sunday. Um, we might do something like Monday or something, just kind of like a Super Bowl recap. I don't know. We'll see. See how we feel. see. We'll see how much sleep Soto gets at my house when we're watching the game. Slumber party or not, international hangover day at work. Monday after the Super Bowl, take full advantage. Your boss. Man, holiday. You might as well do it. If your boss has an issue, just send him our way. We'll write you a note, like a doctor's note, but more important it's on YouTube. Until then, knock on wood if you're with me.